Welcome to the Fit to Talk podcast. What is happening? <laughs> Thank you for joining us. Our aim with this podcast is to enrich your life by providing you meaningful, helpful, and accurate information that's easy to digest. Fitness doesn't have to be boring. It does not. <laughs> right now. Promise. You are listening to Bobby Promise. That, and uh, that this is one of our talk episodes in which Bobby and I unsurprisingly talk. And on that bombshell, let's cue the music. <laughs> Bobby, how are you? I'm very well, thank you. You're joining me live, live and unfiltered from my dressing room in Cardiff. Indeed. Those of you that don't know, Bobby is playing the pharaoh in the number one UK tour of Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat. Um, Oh, thank you very much. Exactly. And that is exactly the type of thing you can expect if you go and see the show. And you got that for free. You got that for free. Yeah, people have paid a lot of money for that. How's it going, man? It's good. It's good having a good week in Cardiff. Cardiff audiences are wild. <laughs> They're wild. And I love it. I'm fully there for it. I know you know those Cardiff audiences intimately. <laughs> that sounds deeply disturbing. Um, <laughs> I am from Cardiff. And actually, yeah, you're at the new theatre, right? Which is the theatre I basically grew up in. That's the one my dad was a... This is going to sound really fancy. He was the resident at. Um, because Ooh. that's where Welsh National Opera did all their shows before going out to tour. That was before the WMC opened. And if you know nothing about theatre or have not yet worked at uh, the WMC, if you're a performer, it is one hell of a theatre. Um, and the new theatre is now like the home of beautiful, homely stuff, which I really love. And I've been there Homely many stuff. That's, yes. It sounds so, so lovely. So um, warm and cosy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I've been there. The new theatre is, is the hug of theatre in Wales. I do think that's actually true. Uh, and they, they can use that. Feel free to use that as a tagline from us <laughs> if we're ever famous. Um, but, uh, yeah, it is uh, a beautiful theatre to work in. What is your Cardiff experience like so far? It's been great. I've had, I'm having a lovely old time in Cardiff. Yeah, it's, uh, it's it's nice and sunny. It's hotter than hell in my dressing room. Uh, <laughs> I've had to close the windows for this recording, so I'm slowly baking like a pheasant. <laughs> specifically a pheasant. Uh, specifically that. I really love it. Oh man, there was one thing, couple of things I wanted to chat about today. Not only the fact mm. that you have just uh, opened as a lead role in a massive um, show that is now touring the country. Um, <laughs> By the way, get your tickets now. When this is out, uh, it'll be a few days after we recorded this, I imagine. And the reviews have already come out. Bobby, you can't mention this about yourself because that would be weird. But I've seen some reviews of your performance and they're all immaculate. One of them even said that it was the best pharaoh they'd ever seen, I believe. I mean, they're wrong, but... <laughs> oh, it was the only pharaoh they'd seen. No, can I... <laughs> yeah, yeah. The one time they've seen Joseph. Oh, okay, fine. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so many, so many jokes. None of them are okay. Um, but <laughs> one important change that has come up uh, recently in the fitness wellness thing was this whole calorie business, right? Yeah. I mean, I, I and that's, I've, I've noticed it this week. Like, I've noticed it kind of in bits and pieces in the last few weeks. Like, I was on holiday and I noticed it. And then this week, I, yeah, this week I, I, I made some choices based off it. And that got me really kind of like thinking about it. And I, I, I don't know about you, I don't know how you're feeling about this, but I feel really conflicted 
about it. And I kind of bounce back and forth on my opinion on whether it's a good idea or a bad idea, what could be different, what could be better. But yeah, what's your thoughts on it? Uh, I guess we should tell people what we're talking about. It's Yeah, that's probably a wise choice. <laughs> <laughs> it, basically, if you don't know already, from the 6th of April, the government created this new legislature that meant that any business over with to, over 250 employees had to label all of their food with the calorie information and it has to be displayed and on both menus and food and that's online and on the menus that you see you'll even notice this in coffee shops things like prep now all of the coffee drinks they all have that information so it's impossible to escape the caloric content of your content sorry of your food when you're out now that is a big change. It's happened already at supermarkets for years and years and years. Those food labels have had that information. But the only change is that it's now on that food when you eat out. But yeah, Bobby, you were saying you were really conflicted. Yeah, I mean, I don't really know where to start with it because I think in some okay. So let me talk from from the kind of the positive aspects. It for me, it's made me more aware of maybe like certain foods that I perhaps wanted to have that were way higher in calories than I even expected. Like I, I'm experienced enough to know roughly what things are going to be. But like I went on holiday to Whitstable a few weeks ago and classy holiday. Oh yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> Fancy. Um, <laughs> and we, we went to this restaurant and I was like, ah, oh, you know what? I might have a burger because I love burgers. I was like, I might have a burger. And then, Menu came out, seeing the calories on there, and I was like, expecting it to be about 1,500 to 1,700 calories, something in that region, like, vaguely. Came out, and it was 2,500 calories. And I was like, "Uh, what is in this? Is there, like, a stick of butter on top of the burger? Like, what? how is it possibly that high in calories? So then, then I looked at that, and I went, well, you know what? Like, I can have the chicken schnitzel and the Biscoff cheesecake for less calories. Yeah. So I'm like, so that that kind of informed my decision there. So to a certain extent, that is a positive maybe. But then also kind of negatively, like there's so many, uh, there's so many negatives to this. Like, I think first and foremost, people, people who have suffered in the past with eating disorders, this is a very triggering, toxic thing, I think, to be, coming out and I think that is my main thought that's my first thought when it comes to the negative aspects of this mm. um, I think we I should I don't feel like it should be the default I think my kind of overriding thing is I don't think it should be the default that it the menu has the calories on I think it should be available and I think it should be an option that you can take but I don't necessarily think it should be the first thing you see Interesting. I, I think it's worth pointing out what the government says their reason okay. for doing it is. Because, I'm intrigued by this. I haven't actually read this. So yes, because I, I, it, hopefully this will you know give us a little and everybody else a bit of insight as to why they're, they're doing it. It says, now this is a quote, the legislation which forms part of the government's strategy to tackle obesity aims to ensure people can make more informed, healthier choices when it comes to eating food out or ordering takeaways. Displaying calorie information may also encourage businesses to provide lower calorie options for their customers. If they do go on to mention a bit of stuff about obesity, which I'll talk about in a second, but um, what do you think about that? They'd say, okay, because people can see the content of the food, they're more likely to come up with 
lower calorie options. I don't know if that's true. Mm. I don't. I don't really see. <sighs> like I don't know. You're going to KFC. You're expecting. You go in with an expectation. I don't know. I'm just. I don't see. I don't necessarily see the point in saying these are the calories. This 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 chicken burger is a thousand calories, and then just leaving it at that. Like, what's the point in giving that piece of information but not giving any context and not giving any like other information with it? Well, that's like me walking, taking somebody into a gym and going, "That's a chest press." Here's, you're right. And then leaving them, and then being like, off you go, do, do what you want. Like, Here's who, something. Who knows I've, what it is? I found out about this the other day because I was in uh, Pret and uh, I saw on the bottom that it said, adults need around 2,000 calories a day. And I was like, why has Pret decided to put that information in? And then I discovered that that is part of the information they need to put. So now all businesses over that size are going to be putting Adults, the most general term in the entire world, <laughs> adults need 2,000 calories a day around that, which is nonsense. You know, e that's not even the NHS guideline because obviously it's separated by um, male and female for calorie guidelines. And yeah. then as we know as PTs, that is vague at best information. So you're looking at that slightly being under for some people and significantly over, obviously, because it's a generalization, but that really pissed me off. Because I was like, okay, I feel like if you get this calorie information, you might encourage people to find out how many calories they need. But if you're gonna say, oh, babe, by the way, you probably need 2000 calories, then a whole ton of people are either gonna be under eating or overeating based on that recommendation. And that's useless. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, ge generalizing in that way is totally insane. Like, you can't. Like, you've, you've got to give some some background. You've got to tell people more information. Like, there's got to be education. Mm. What's the What's the point in sticking these numbers on the menu and just with the vague hope that it encourages obesity to decrease? It's not like that. Seems like a that seems like throwing a dart in the dark it seems like throwing a hot dog down oxford street like it's totally insane like you're not it's totally insane <laughs> like i do <laughs> i'm with you and uh for the sake of this podcast not being biased i think i'm going to try and uh, i really love a debate you're aware uh, uh, yeah i'm very I'm, aware i'm <laughs> gonna try and find uh because i feel like you've sort of come down now i think you feel conflicted because there are positives but it feels very much like the um the negatives are there. So I wonder yeah. if we can yeah. mention that idea of obesity. I said we'd come back to it. Why mm. Why have they enforced such a drastic change? And I had a little look up, a little refresher for myself of the situation that we're in. And it was saying, this was in 2015, and by the way, the studies are much, much more damning now, but 63% of adults in England are either overweight or obese which is fine, we could talk about, and we will talk about BMI and how they measure that, etc. Mm. blah, 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 blah. But simply put, by the way the NHS measures, 63%, that's nearly two-thirds of the adult population obese. By the way, it's significant with younger people as well. But um, it's rising rapidly as well. And the main problem with that, this is Public Health England's information, is that obesity... Yeah including overweightness in this, I found out. Obesity costs the wider society £27 billion a year. Wow. NHS spent an estimated £6.1 billion 
on overweight and obesity-related ill health in 2014 and 15 alone, and it has gone up more and more and more each year. So that is public taxpayer money being spent on treating these things, which the government is seeing as completely avoidable. So that's their reasoning for this, I think. Yeah, I mean, look, look, I, I think the reasoning is sound. Uh, I, th- I think the idea, the overreaching idea of it is sound. I think there's better ways. I think there's, I think there's ways it can be, be improved. I, I, I don't necessarily think we should scrap it. I know I reacted quite strongly. And, and I, you I should. Don't <laughs> I don't know if you know, but I have quite strong opinions. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think things can be improved. I think I, I kind of don't understand what I, what I think is good about supermarkets, for example, mm. is the traffic light system. I feel like the traffic light system should have been something that was introduced here because I think that is far better as an overall system because it, I think it's more informative to general public. Like you say to somebody, okay, this, uh, this sandwich has 600 calories. Yeah. Okay, cool. But you go, you, you, you give them a yellow, uh, sorry, you give them a green a yellow or a red, and you say, well, red is a very high for what this is, yellow is kind of fine, and green is good. And I think people are more likely to make better judgment calls based off that, rather than just going arbitrary calories. I completely agree with you, but for the purposes of, of debate, let's throw this out there. Go. Whether something is, because realistically, green, orange, and red means good, medium, and bad. You know, that's how we correlate that. Whether something is good, medium or bad is completely up for grabs. Do you mean if you go, well, this has 100% of your fat content for your daily intake, that's going to show up as red. But if you were taking in no other fat that day, that's perfectly fine. That should be green. So Mm. actually being able to tell people what that is, it makes our job far more important, I would suggest, that Mm. suddenly there's going to be a load of people who need way more information than they currently have because their their eyes have been opened to what the content of this stuff is, but they don't have any clue how to apply it. I think what you're saying uh, is true, that that uh, a better system would help, or perhaps a massive marketing campaign, TV, etc., to go, by the way, if you don't know what these calories mean or how you can apply them, Here's where you find out. Call your GP, find out how many calories you should be having, get a personal trainer, whatever the advice might be Ooh. that they would choose, but but support the information rather than just go, by the way, this is 900 calories, you, you know? Yeah. No, I think you're right. I think it's about education, and it's, but I think it's all well and good introducing this calorie system, but without education, it's not really going to change anything. Mm. Um, I, th- like, I would love to... I would love to... I mean, it, it would kind of take away part of my job and your job but I would love to see them introduce some sort of calculator where people could figure out roughly how many calories they need in a day yeah that would be so easy it'd be so easy it would be such a useful tool then market the hell out of that get that all over tv and all of a sudden those calories they mean something yeah yeah they mean something and it feels yeah, I mean, personal. Uh, let's, you said education would help. Let's educate some people uh, based off real terms, okay? So Domino's, okay. Domino's Pizza. 
Um, what has more calories, a large meat feast or a large pepperoni passion? <laughs> Is this a quiz? Are you quizzing me? I'm quizzing you. <laughs> oh, okay. So large meat feast or a large pepperoni passion. Well, Just... I know... I know that the pepperoni passion has two loads of pepperoni on it. Uh-huh. Uh, I'm the, going to go with meat feast. The, I mean, but. I... I, I think you're doing that because you know that's the answer I, I think I want, which is that most most people would say that, right, There's the meat feast has ham, beef, pepperoni, yeah. all of that stuff yeah, on it. It's so you, loaded with meat. Yeah, and I can't remember the specifics, but the meat feast, large pizza, which now they say it serves three to four people. <laughs> I mean, uh, we all know that's wrong. The, we the, all know that's incorrect. The reason they put that on there is because it's 2,400 and something calories. Pepperoni Passion also serves three to four people. 2,600 and something. So because of the type of meat, I think anyone looking at those two might go, oh, that might be a bit too much on that pizza for me, for the Mighty Meaty or whatever it's called. Boom. Fewer calories than just the pepperoni one, which is probably the most popular pizza they have, I think. Yeah, yeah. That's um, definitely my go-to. And I was, <laughs> absolutely. You're, you're getting the highest calorie option they have. They have just come Fantastic. out with a veggie veggie pizza, which is a little um, fewer calories. The other thing, I was out with Maddie's um, parents the other day and we went for food. And this was my first interaction with this uh, calorie thing. And I had a similar experience to the one you mentioned I had a roast dinner and that roast came out and it was, you know, 1,600 calories or something. I was like, okay, this is a huge chunk of my day, but totally worth it. And then I looked at some of the the desserts and I was like, ooh, a sticky toffee pudding. And I would normally be jumping straight on that, like no problem. And then it said that this sticky toffee pudding was like 1,400 calories. (laughs) I was like... Wait, 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 wait. So my roast dinner and the pudding would be 3,000 calories. That means I can't really eat anything else today. <laughs> and I am out. Okay. I think the outcome of that, obviously, for a lot of people is, you know, they're then like, oh, I'm not enjoying my meals as much because I'm making that decision. You can still eat that stuff. This is the one argument that I have um, that goes against the, the negative side of it is you can still choose to do that stuff. Nobody is stopping you from having the roast dinner and that thing and then going later on and having more food and doing whatever you were doing anyway. The issue I find is with the discomfort, right? We don't like the fact that actually I now know that what I'm doing is bad for me. And I think most people's response to it is that they don't like being you know, having that thrust on them that they're like, yeah. Oh God. Yes. I, now I can't ignore the fact that the takeaway I just had was 3000 calories. Like, and now I feel bad about it. And they go, Oh, it makes you feel guilty. You're like, no, you could have found that information out anyway. It's Mm. just there. You're feeling about it. This is a different debate, but your, your response to something is yours. That's just factual information they're giving you about the thing that you're ordering. It, the difficulty, sorry, to ramble on, but comes on, comes in with people with eating disorders, which we'll talk a bit well, more, yeah. more about later on. But um, do, you, do you kind of agree with that? They're just providing you more facts. I do. I, do. I mean, it's it's just knowledge. They're not. It's not the it, the knowledge isn't there to to make you feel guilty. It's there to inform you, and then off that you can make informed choices. It doesn't mean you have to not eat those things like i will happily go smash down a bunch of food with like like i just went for a greg's like yeah. i had a domino's then, two nights ago 
<laughs> like, I, I, I had the mighty meeting. <laughs> <laughs> like, the thing is, yes. Uh, the thing is, like, you can... Uh, we can see those things. We can see the calories. Like, Greg's have had the calories on their menu for ages. Um, but it just informs your decision. Yeah. It informs your decision. It doesn't... It, like, I don't feel guilty about the fact that I just had a Greg's. I am aware of the calories that were involved in that Greg's and maybe that will inform my decisions later on today. Who knows? But it's not the, the, the number isn't the thing making you feel guilty. Yeah. I, I did, uh, I, I basically I've had a lot of messages from people about this stuff mm. and I've seen a lot of posts on Instagram. I'm sure you have as well. of some pretty yeah. angry people that are pissed off at this and they feel really strongly about it. Um, have you seen any things like that? I, I've seen a lot of stuff on Twitter um, with regards to eating disorders, and I, mm. and this this is, I mean, th- this is kind of the the really tough part of it because I I feel I feel so much for those people. Like it is, it's absolutely triggering. For people who have been through that, people who are going through it, like that's not for them. It's not a helpful thing. No, and I just want to say I very, very much agree with you. But I think for the purposes of this debate, I'm going to try and provide a counterpoint mm-hmm. um, to it. Uh, so if you're listening to this, <laughs> it's not necessarily my opinion. <laughs> um, they are the people that have already ended up with a with a problem because of various reasons, right? But most yeah. of them are societal, either mm-hmm. um, opinions towards food or uh, to, towards their own bodies, etc. Lots of complicated reasons why that happens. Some of that would have been avoided were they given more education about food. And yep. so for people growing up now this information will help avoid those outcomes potentially that it is arguable but there is potential that this could help avoid that problem being repeated it doesn't help the people who already have those issues no no and i think and i think again i think this whole thing comes back to education i think the more we talk about it, the more I'm like we just need there's still the education is still not right yeah. for nutrition like 100%. even if i look back at even if i look back at like the nutrition that i did in my pt course like i've obviously done stuff since to gain my nutrition qualification but if i look back at the stuff in my pt course like that nutri- that information is now considered wildly wrong yeah it was considered wildly wrong at the time that i did my <laughs> qualification and i and i did question it in there and i was like this this, this isn't right but hey anyway. but um i'm getting off topic that's a talk for another day about PT qualifications. <laughs> um, but I, I'm I, yeah. I when it comes to when it comes to eating disorders, we have to we have to be very sensitive to it, and rightly so. And I think from what some I, I did see somebody uh, post on Twitter the other day that certain restaurants and certain chains are offering menus as well without these calories on they're offering the option of having a menu that doesn't have it on and i think i think that's important i think that is something that yes. needs to be available across the board because oh man yeah we, I'm we jump have in. to be mind 
it has to be mindful of these kind of scenarios. Yeah, screw the debate for a second. That is exactly what you need, right? You absolutely have to have that option available for people. Otherwise, you're to make a really, really crass comparison, if you had a soldier coming back from war with PTSD, you would not make him sit and watch war movies. It doesn't matter if the war movie was educational for the rest of society. It's cruel to do that and unhelpful. So why are you putting people through this? So I really like that as a solution. It's a bit sad that, I don't know if this is true, but it's a bit sad that those restaurants have had to come up with that themselves. Why hasn't the government gone? By the way, you do have the option of providing this uh, without it. And maybe they did. Maybe I'm being... Um, unkind, but uh, I doubt it. Uh, But that is now another task, something to worry about for those people that do have um, or have had previous issues with these things that they have to now walk into a restaurant. And actually then that might be embarrassing. They might not want the people they're with Mm. to know that they don't want to see that information or need to tell them their history and go, can I have a menu without the calories on it? You don't want to have that conversation. So it doesn't, you know, it doesn't fix those things. It does keep, you know, I can't remember the word, but growing into this this larger problem that has been caused by this. And actually, it, it yes, as you said, it is just information, but really triggering. Like it, oh, really triggering, and, and they're gonna they're gonna face it everywhere they go. Yeah, like you you can't now realistically walk into a coffee shop or uh, a restaurant or any kind of food place without seeing this information. Yeah. So they're going to be bombarded with it. And if if they have a history of these issues, then that's going that's going to be really problematic. Yeah, really, really rough. And also, I know you're on the same page as me with this. When we get clients in, I'm, I'm really, really careful to tell them, and I know you are as well, that I might ask them to track their calories for a period of time in which the aim is education, as you mentioned earlier, to go, okay... I now have a good idea of what my portion sizes are, a portion of potatoes is this much, that kind of idea, so that you can get to a point of intuitive eating, which you can, you know, intuitive eating, if you don't know, is basically not counting your calories and eating what you need to do, uh, what your body tells you to eat based on what's happening. That's the end goal. And it feels like this move from the government takes us closer towards everybody counting their calories. They feel like they couldn't come up with a solution to the obesity problem, so they've gone, oh, fuck it, everybody just count your calories anyway. You're like, no, 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 that's not the healthy outcome. That's a helpful tool to get to a better place. Uh, um, that's really frustrating. It feels like yeah, they couldn't I, come up with a better idea. I think you're bang on the money there. I think you're absolutely bang on the money with that because that is the goal. That is the goal, and that is something that you and I have achieved from experience and it's something that we try and get all of our clients to achieve like we don't want to be tracking calories for the rest of our lives because that's there's nothing enjoyable about that like they serve their purpose and if you are training for a specific goal then it's it's great but the the ultimate goal is to have a good relationship with food and know know what you're putting in your body and know how it affects you and know like it's yeah you just know what it is really and i think yeah i think they've just missed the mark they've just missed the mark with the whole thing it's a shame isn't it because i do feel like there was a there was potentially a real positive to come out of this and i think maybe i hadn't thought of it before but maybe it seems really simple now but what you mentioned about having those options available rather than making it the default 
why wasn't it just when you're looking at the menus and stuff, you can ask for a menu with the calories on it. Or when you're looking mm. at these things online, that there's a it's hidden, or you can press to see the calories. That goes, okay, I, I want to do that. And I get it. I get it that obesity is this huge issue and actually, you know, thousands of people more are dying per year because of it. But th- there's a lack of sensitivity about it. It feels like they've just sort of, you know, dug a trench and they're sitting in it. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> Buggers. <laughs> Buggers. Who am I? I may be a 1930s pilot. Oh, buggers. They've done this. Buggers. No, it's grim. I'm really glad we spoke about this because actually it's kind of been bothering me for a little bit. And I'm, I'm still not sure what my opinion is. No, I, I'm the same. Like it's It's been so useful to kind of talk it out because... Yeah. I keep having these kind of conversations with myself every time I see it that I'm like, I, I don't know how I feel about this. And I talk to other people. I talk to other people about it. And I think everybody feels kind of the same about it. Um, and actually, do you know what? I, like, I, Listeners, those of you who are currently listening to this joyous podcast, we want to hear your thoughts. We want to hear your opinions. We want to know what, how this makes you feel, what you think would be a better solution. Whether you love this solution, you might do. Um, and that's okay. But... Let us know. Tell us. Drop into our Instagram. Slip slide into our DMs. Like, send us an email. We've got an email address now. It's talk at fit-2.co.uk. Send us an email. Um, we want to hear from you. Like, we, it, This isn't the end of this discussion because this is an important thing. Yeah, and, and it's going to keep going. Yeah, I, I, yeah uh, definitely that email, talk at fit-2.co.uk. I always say dash instead of hyphen. Um, but, yeah, and, and part of me... Part of me loves this. That that bit of me that really loves data, that absolute mega nerd, yep. is going, great, I can do this better. But, I, you know, even for me, that's m- maybe a little unhelpful. And I don't necessarily have an issue with that. So I love it, but that doesn't necessarily mean that it is good. So it, it, it's really confusing. So, yeah, if you do have any thoughts, just uh, whack us a little message over because we would love to get a, a community response. Absolutely. Is that a thing? <laughs> we're, we're calling it a thing now. Do we have a? Do we, we have a, that community response? Do we have a community? Do we have a Fit Two Fam? Is that what it is? Fit Two Fam. The Fit Two oh. Fam. You can be part of the Fit Two Fam. The merch just makes itself, doesn't it? It does. <laughs> the, fit two fam. the Fit Two Fam. Is that a badge? I feel like it might have to be a badge. Yeah. A, a bit. You know I love merch. I will get any merch. <laughs> um, oh man. Well, you have a show to do. I do, I do. I've got a little warm up in a minute, so uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yes, for those of you that um, aren't aware how podcast recording works, when one person is miles away from the other, <laughs> you do it remotely at whatever times you can. Uh, don't worry, we have plenty of fabulous content coming your way as well. If you're listening to this in week two, when it first was released. We've got some killer guests coming up and some great oh, chat episodes too. Oh, some exciting stuff. There's some great guests. I'm, I'm pumped. It's really, really hard to know which one I'm most excited about. I keep like flicking in between like, the, the stuff that comes up from different people. They're completely different as well. I know we might have mentioned this before, so forgive yeah. me if I'm repeating myself and you're listening. Uh, but uh, really different discussions about different stuff. Uh, it's, uh, it's some cool stuff coming up. Yeah, it's going to be wild. I'm pumped for it.
<laughs> right, we should let you go crack on some makeup and pretend to be uh, a pharaoh for a little bit. Fantastic. That sounds Sl- like a great idea. Slash Elvis. <laughs> oh. Oh, thank you everyone for listening to us here on the Fit to Talk podcast. If you like this episode, please tell your friends and family about us or share on social media, like and subscribe the podcast for future episodes. It really helps us out, please. Please share. Yeah. <laughs> Make it worthwhile. Uh, you can find more information on our website, www.fit-2.co.uk or find us on social media at fit2 underscore talk. And if you've got any questions you want answered, just get, get in touch. Drop us a message. As I said, slip slide into our DMs. We are always in there. So, uh, yeah, get in touch. <laughs> Thanks again for listening. And if you like what you heard, we've been Fit to Talk with me, Stefan. And me, Bobby. And if you didn't like it, we've been Joe Wicks. Peace out. Peace out.